When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine surrounding yourself with incredible women, women who've overcome challenges, they've rebounded after failures and disappointments, and women who are not afraid to shine their brilliance to make a mark in the world. These women support other like-minded women because they know there is plenty of opportunity for everyone and that together we really can make a difference, grow our businesses while have fun along the way. This is what Women in Leadership Podcast is all about. Welcome, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Grab a cover of your favourite beverage, pull up a chair and let's get this conversation started. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. Now, my guest today says, I believe that creating a lifestyle of freedom can happen without the hustle. And if that sounds like something you're interested, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, pull up a chair. We are going to get this conversation started because joining me on today's show is Rachel Nom. She's the host of the She's Making an Impact podcast, and she's a business and lead generation expert. And she helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs to create more freedom in their businesses so that they can spend time on what matters the most. Now, Rachel went from being on food stamps with negative $400 in her checking account to a millionaire by 34 while working 20 hours per week. And she now helps others to do the same with her signature courses and her programs. Now, she has lived in Kenya and Senegal. She got married in Morocco and she spent two years in France. So quite the the world... uh, renowned around the world and has lived around the world. So on today's show, she's going to share how you can free up your time, how you can spend more of it with your family and doing the things that you loved. Maybe you've forgotten those things. We're here to remind you about that. She's also going to talk about why generation wealth is so important and how to build multiple streams of income. So welcome, Rachel. Hey, thanks for having me. You are so very welcome. So as we shared that introduction, I'm sure that many um, women entrepreneurs and leaders of their own business can relate to, okay, we've got a lot of things on our to-do list, a lot of moving parts in business. How do I free up my time? Take us back to some of the things that were happening. And then obviously throughout this uh, episode, you're going to share some of the key changes that you made in your business that has allowed you to uh, spend more time doing what you love. So take us back to what was happening for your business around that time, Rachel. Yeah. So my first business was in network marketing and um, we were on food stamps when I was starting that business. And so it, I was very much in a uh, focused, I have to make this happen kind of mode. Um, and my son was one at the time. And so I'm 
hustling, trying to grow this business. And at the same time, I have no boundaries. I'm working 24 seven. Um, and I was in a fitness business and ended up gaining 30 pounds, um, giving myself adrenal fatigue, leaky gut. I was getting sick all the time with like strep throat, the flu strep, like every month it was something that was like intense. And I just remember being on the couch, trying to like put my son in like the baby gate in the couch and he just wanted to run and play outside. And I'm like, dude, I can't chase you. Like, you're going to have to like chill out in this little baby prison that I created for you. And I just felt like such a terrible mom because I'm like, the kid wants to just run around and play and I can't even like follow him and take care of him, you know? Yeah. And so what what um, point did you get to towards or thinking that, okay, I need to make a change? Yeah. So um, I built that network marketing company to six figures and then the company restructured. My income was cut in half. And that's when I started. She's making an impact. And it it was when I was starting this business that I'm like, okay, I need to figure out a way to do this where I can really prioritize family and my health at the same time. Um, So when I was thinking about like, how do I want to monetize this business? What are the kind of offers that I want to have? Like, how do I want to have things structured? It was very intentional in a way of, I don't want to be trading time for money. I want to make sure I'm creating more passive income and that I can really put, put my kids first. Yes. Love that. You know, one of the things that often will happen is there, there is something that will happen in the instance of that you've just shared, it was your son, um, your health. What I have often found and through some of the interviews that I've had on Women in Leadership podcast is that women have tended to wait till their health got so bad Mm -hmm. that they could not move forward. And we don't want people to get to that particular position because then they need to to really take time out to make sure that their health... um, and their bodies are, you know, optimal. So what were some of the changes that you made? And why I ask you that is because, you know, there are a number of different steps and it can take a little bit of time to build that momentum. And what we need to to realise is we have to give it time. We have to have that clarity and consistency to build that momentum. So what are some of the, the changes that you made and then stuck to that you can really see these were crucial changes that I made in my life, my mindset, and ultimately my business. Yeah. One of the biggest things was having set work hours of I'm going to work my business from this time to this time. And then I'm going to be unplugged. Um, Cause it's really easy, especially if you're like a solopreneur and you don't have a team yet. That's like answering emails, doing messages, that kind of thing of like someone sends me a message. Oh my gosh, this is urgent. I need to respond immediately. Right. Uh, so having boundaries around when I'm working and then like when I'm actually talking to people, that was definitely huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then deciding how I want to monetize. So when I started this business, I launched a course. And so my big focus was how can I sell this course? And so we, we have a, our million dollar funnel from one of our courses, right? And so that was like my big focus of I want to be able to create an online course and sell it. I don't want to have to, because I had people asking me like, can you do Pinterest management and all this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, uh, no. So like people ask us and I'm like, okay, I can hire somebody and show them our process and they could do it. But the thought of like me actually managing someone's Pinterest account makes me want to like rip my eyeballs out. Um, so I'm thinking more, how can I stay in the visionary role as a leader of the company and then mm-hmm. bring on the right people onto our team that can execute all the different areas that need to be done? 
Yeah, fantastic. So obviously it was recognising where you wanted to focus on or what you wanted to focus on mm -hmm. and what you really did need to say no to. So yeah. when we, we, we always hear, um, you know, start a course, launch that, get people into that funnel. Talk us through a little bit about some of the experience you had with that because, again, there's so many different we, – we could do a whole week's worth of episodes, <laughs> I'm sure, and unpacking the things that you learned. But what were some of the key things? Because, again, we need to be consistent on that because mm -hmm. you can't make changes unless you're kind of tracking things and seeing what happens. And often, I think, as entrepreneurs who are visionary, we see the next bright, shiny object. Maybe I should be doing this. Maybe I should be doing that. So what were some of the things that you navigated through that, again, you can see was some of the key areas on why this course was really successful for you? Yeah, um, not having shiny object syndrome. That's a big one of because we have so many ideas as entrepreneurs. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I literally had that one course and I didn't launch another course like that until five years later. I was so focused. I like that sounds crazy, but it was like I was so focused on perfecting that funnel, the webinar, that offer, the messaging. The like there's so many things that go into making something sell really well. And so I just spent a lot of time and it was like, a lot of times what happens is people sell a course and then it doesn't really sell like they wanted it to. And so they're like, oh my gosh, this course doesn't work as opposed to like, no, maybe it was the messaging around it. Maybe I can like tweak this one thing. So I, we, our team tracks the metrics of every single time we do a webinar and we're looking at like, what is the show up rate? What is our cost per lead? What's our earnings per lead? How many people bought live? How many people bought after? Uh, like there's so many different metrics that we're looking at. And it's literally been every webinar of like the small little tweaks that we can do to make it a little better each and every time, which has then led to millions of dollars. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because a lot of people will launch a couple of times and, you know, well, how many times have you launched? Three. And it's like, well, you have not gained enough information to be able to, uh, to really make relevant decisions. Okay, so it took you five years, but I would imagine that in that time, uh, but I mean, it was all of those it things. It didn't take five years. It's just but like tweaking and yeah. growing, yes, to the yeah, point yeah. where you knew that if you, because people say, you know, it's just the numbers and it is numbers and obviously there are people that you're wor working with, but there is a... Um, things that you can start to predict almost if, if you you have a thousand leads coming through out of that there will be around this many and that and you can make better decisions then with that can't you you yes. can hire a different team if you need to you can invest if you're looking at lead generation and page lead generation that you can kind of get x amount back you know those kind of things you can't make those decisions if you're not tracking and monitoring can you no one of the biggest things that made a huge shift in our business is going from doing live launches of doing like a challenge or something like that to doing a hybrid webinar model and doing that every week. Yes. Um, and that way we just have consistent lead generation, consistent cash flow, and there's no like the ups and downs of launching, which is exhausting. Um, <laughs> I'm like, we didn't launch it all last year. We didn't do any challenges, nothing. Um, and our revenue increased by like 40 or 50% last year. It was crazy. Yeah. And so um, did your energy levels. <laughs> yes. Cause it like, it just freed up so much time and energy and like mental energy. Cause it's like, okay, this thing is working. We're just going to keep, keep doing this one thing and not bring in a million other strategies. 
Yeah, that's right. And also, too, there's certain things that I'd imagine um, in there's an aspect of live, I think, which is great because you can get excellent feedback from people and questions that you think, hmm, didn't I just share that, you know, several slides ago if you're using slides? But it's a great opportunity to really be able to tweak that webinar or those slides, the presentation, so that you know that it's of interest, it's of relevance, people are having ahas, it's attracting your ideal client. And then when you understand that your message is working, then you can start to automate a number of different things rather than automating it straight away. So, um, yep. but as I said, that consistency and the tweaking and so forth makes a huge difference. Talk a little bit about some of the, the ways that you were doing lead generation, because in your introduction, said you're a you know, business and, and lead generation mm -hmm. expert. So what, what are some of the ways that you're seeing working really well to generate leads for your business? Gosh, we have, it's funny because like we um, have built our sales team where we had like one setter, one closer. Now we have three setters, one closer and their calendars are all booked from me just set like the systems that we have in place. And I'm like, I'm not quite sure where these people are coming from, but y'all are booked like every day from start to finish. I'm like, this is great. Um, so we do a few things. One, we have a podcast. Uh, so we have like 350 episodes on our podcast. We're just super consistent there. Pinterest is a big thing that we teach of Pinterest for organic lead generation, Facebook ads. Um, so we're doing Facebook ads to our weekly webinar and then doing different podcasts. We host summits, um, partnerships, that kind of thing. So I'm always looking at like, what else can we do to add more fuel to the fire kind of thing? Yeah. What I love about what you've just shared, and here's where I, I want to just mention that you're leading people back to the one webinar, the one funnel, but you've got multiple ways that you're drawing people in. Yep. And I just wanted to discern, but or, or did share the difference because people might be thinking well Rachel's doing lots of things yes but lots of different ways to be found and, and get in front of your ideal client but you're leading them back to the one thing which you've optimized over the years and really tweaked working for you yep. um, what would you say to someone then Rachel who's heard you and said well okay I'm going to do multiple things and be across multiple places as well mm -hmm. would you recommend that they try a few first get a no. few no, no, do one thing and don't do multiple things until you have one thing that's working really well. And then you have the team that can step in and do all the other things. So like we have an Instagram account, we have a TikTok, we have a YouTube channel. I have nothing to do with any of those platforms. I don't even have them on my phone. Um, so like we have a team that takes the podcast and the things that I do and they repurpose it. I have someone that creates all our Instagram posts and like everything. So when it was just me, I was very focused on, you know, creating the podcast, putting it on Pinterest, and that was it. And it wasn't until we got into a rhythm of I'm going to be really consistent with this that I was like, maybe I can bring in a Facebook group. And then when that was working, I was like, maybe I can do Instagram too. But it, I didn't bring on anything until I knew I could do it very consistently and create content. You know, for the podcast, it was every week. Um, for Instagram, it's every day. And then we brought on a team member that can then take over some of those things. So I can take more things off my plate. 
Yeah. Great sequence because you've got it to a stage where you knew what you wanted to do. It then became repeatable so you mm -hmm. could create a system and a, a task sheet, if you will, for your team members to support you and doing it that way. Yep. Ensure that you didn't burn out because that's what often as, as business owners we do. I don't know if this happens to you or, or did, Rachel, obviously no, no more. It just takes me five minutes. Nothing takes five minutes. My husband goes, yeah, I know what your five minutes. I'll see you in an hour, you know, just one more, one more email, you know, kind of thing. So such a, a, a wise lesson in, in that. Let's talk about generational wealth being so mm -hmm. important. Firstly, what would you give as a description what you believe generational wealth is, Rachel? It's creating a legacy for our children, their children, so on and so forth. And so one of the things that my husband, we do, like we create income with this business, right? Our, even though our income has gone up a lot, we haven't really increased our lifestyle. So we still drive a 2007 Chevy trailblazer and, uh, uh, what's the other car that we got? We paid like $8,500 in cash for it. So we still drive like pretty cheap cars. We haven't like upgraded our lifestyle that way at all. And we just take the cash flow that's coming in and we look at how can we multiply this? So we bought an equestrian property in town. We, um, we operate businesses in Senegal. My husband's actually there right now. So we bought land in Senegal. We're building a chicken coop. We do car rentals. So we're buying cars, shipping them over to Senegal, doing a rental business there. So we're looking at how can we take the cash flow and not just you know, use it to buy silly things that might bring joy for like a day. And then you're like, oh, this is trashed already. We're looking at how can we take this and how can we multiply it and not put all of our eggs in one basket and have diversified income streams that are coming in. Yeah. And that beautifully segues into uh, the third point you want to talk about, building multiple streams of income. What do mm -hmm. you do to be able to determine uh, streams of income that would suit you, what's happening in the marketplace? Because there's a little bit of forecasting to see where the industry is going, whether it suits you. I mean, I don't know. What sort of process do you go through to pinpoint those and then see those through? So within this business or like multiple, the other businesses that no. we have? Well, I would imagine you would probably use similar similar format or similar strategy. In yeah. So with anything that we do, we kind of look at what's this going to require of us time-wise. So like the biggest thing we really stress is lifestyle first. And so looking at, okay, we could, we could, you know, do Airbnbs or all these other things, but we need to get the team in place that could take over that. So that way that doesn't become another job for us. Right. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to like having different income streams within this business, I might offer private coaching, but I'm going to set it up in a way where it doesn't take more than a half an hour a month of my time. And then I have to make sure I'm charging enough to make it actually worth that half an hour a month of my time. Right. So we're looking at the time that it's going to require of us, the cash flow that it's going to create. Is it something that's going to appreciate and grow in wealth over time? Is it something that's going to require a team to have in place? Do we have that team in place or do we need to bring in people to support with that? Um, yeah. The biggest thing that I'm always thinking of is like, okay, if I do this, what is that going to mean to my schedule? Am I going to miss out on time with the kids? Like, cause I don't, I want to be done at three o'clock, right? Like I'm making an exception for you today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grandma and grandpa in town. Uh, but it's rare that I say yes to anything after three o'clock. Cause I want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm mom first and yeah. then business owner second. 
Yeah. Why I love that um, you've you've provided more insight into that is because what I'm hearing you say, and I think this is what a lot of business owners don't do, is to identify, you know, what are our core values? And for you, the freedom to be able to to choose and to have time with your family. And that is the lens through which every business decision is made. And I think as entrepreneurs, and thinking about what should we do in, in expansion, we always need to have something through which we look at things because you've heard of people that have built a successful business and then ended up hating it. Why? Mm. Because it was recommended. Sure, there was incredible market uh perspectives, uh, customers and so forth. But if they fast forward it to what would my life be like if this was a success for me, would I really enjoy it? Would it give me the freedom? No, it wouldn't. Well, then it's not really a good decision um, to make. So, so again, what would you say, looking back through all of the business decisions that you really sat down and thought about what are the core values? Mm-hmm. What's going to drive us forward? That must have been integral for you, right? Absolutely. Because I was actually talking to someone, um, a business coach that, you know, is kind of like recruiting me to work with her. And she was asking me, like, do you want to be like doing speaking engagements and that kind of thing? And I like thought about it. I'm like, not really. Not if it's going to take away from being with my kids, like every once in a while, maybe. But I don't want to be a speaker where it's like every week I'm on the road or something like that. Or I have to do like these big launches. I like I've done speaking engagements. I actually got to bring my son with me to one in California and he got to come up on stage with me. So I'm like, if I can like involve them in something like that, then great. But if it's going to take me away every couple weeks, then no, that's not something I want to do. Maybe when they're grown up, then that's something that I can pursue. But at this age, like they grow up so quick. My son's almost 10 and I'm like, you're halfway done being home with me. And then you're going to be gone. (laughs) So I'm like, I want to take advantage while they're here because I know this stage won't last forever. Yes. But what a wonderful, uh, what your role modeling for your children, you know, entrepreneurship and so forth. I think Mm -hmm. being able to see it in action through parents or grandparents, I think is wonderful because, yeah, there's things that you can teach them, but if you can show them and immerse Mm -hmm. them through that, I mean, what a wonderful opportunity uh, for them. So when you think about all of the different things that you are involved in, it really does show how important it is to recognize, you know, what are, what is my expertise? What is it that I want to be involved in and therefore have team to support me? In your experience, uh, and I've heard, you know, many conversations and I've even had conversations with many women on this podcast, recognizing what is your lane and what is your expertise versus what can I outsource, what can I get my team to do for me mm-hmm. can be a struggle for people. What would you share with them with some of the things that you did to recognize this is what I'm really good at, what I love to do, and it's going to generate the best outcome for the business? What sort of things did you think about? Yeah. So I actually have my clients do this. I have them do an entire list of all the things they're doing in their business. And then I have them star the things that only they can do. And it's so funny when they do this, they star most of the things on that list. And I'm like, you do not have to do all of that. Are you? Cause they have in their head that they're the only one that can do it well. Right. Like they don't have faith in other people being able to step in. And I'm like, do you really have to be the one that coaches your clients or can you bring in like another coach that comes in and supports? Right. So like, that's something that we did with my program activate. I was like, how can I scale this? We can bring in outside coaches that can come and support. And it doesn't have to be me that's doing all of the coaching. 
right? And so look at all the things you're doing in your business. What are the things that have to be done by you, which in reality, it's not very much. Like when I was like, do I have to be the one creating Instagram posts? No, like I can hire somebody that can take my content, my voice, and then put it into a post, right? So the things that only I can do, I create, I create our course content. However, I have team members that their zone of genius is certain things that we have in our courses. So I'm like, Ariana, you're going to create this video, this module, because she's better at it than I am, right? Um, So I'm the one that's like creating the vision around what we're doing. And then I have different team members that are going to come in and execute it. So another thing, I don't have to be the one like doing the sales calls, the enrollment calls, talking all our leads. We have team members that can do that. And now that I've really worked with some of those team members, they're closing better than I could probably close, Mm -hmm. right? Because I've really poured into them over the past couple months. Um, So what are the things that only I can do? Well, this... (laughs) right now. Um, usually it's like create, like we have someone that can actually create the outline of the content and then I show up and deliver the content. Um, our team members can write emails pretty well in my voice. Now, um, I still write some emails, but like we have people that can come in and do a really good job and then I might just approve it. Um, but for the most part, I really try to stay in the visionary role, the leadership role, um, and kind of like leading the ship. (laughs) Yeah. so to speak. So important, isn't it? So important to do that. Share a little bit of, if you will, about, you know, with the team and, you know, there are different, were there different stages that you worked through in that? Because there were things I'm sure that as you would look at your list or as your clients look at your list, it's a long list. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, there are a lot of different things that I can be delegating, getting set up and delegating to team. And I'd imagine that there's certain stages that you could would do because you can't just all of a sudden because you want to be able to support your team members to really be able to thrive as they take over the role otherwise you have a whole mess of things that you have to manage and micromanage and we don't want that so what are some of the key things that if someone is listening and thinking you know what I really do need to start delegating more would be some of the administrative skills some of the repurposing skills those things be firstly what you would do rather than say coaching clients yeah. and things like that. what would you say to that and the, yeah because I mean you can't get rid of everything all at once it's just not realistic like I'm still the one that's leading our sales team we're eventually going to bring in a sales director to do that but right now it's me uh, so like it, it, it's an evolution right so in the beginning I would say customer service right so think about how what's your hourly rate so if my hourly rate's $3,000 an hour, why would I do a $20 an hour task? Yeah. So think that about like, you know, put it, put it in perspective. Um, yeah. So customer service is a big one. Social media is another big one. And then for me, I was looking at where am I getting stuck or spending a lot of time and energy that I don't need to be. So I was like getting stuck in active campaign and click funnels. Um, like my brain doesn't work in all the automations and the mapping that happens with an active campaign. And so I brought in a higher level virtual assistant. I paid her like a little bit more like $35 an hour as opposed to just like a standard VA, but she was so smart and could come in and take care. She didn't even know how to operate those systems, but she's like, I'm smart and I'll figure it out. And she did. Um, and she's been with us, you know, five years now. <laughs> and she's um, since progressed into being like our business manager that's now managing the other people on our team. Uh, so in the beginning, it was more what was taking a lot of my time, energy and attention. So like if I'm spending $3,000 an hour to figure out this task, but it's taking me 20 hours to do this, 
Ariana could step in and I pay her $35 an hour and she does it in an hour because she's quick, efficient, and that's her zone of genius. So it's just looking at things differently of like, no, 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 you're, you're wasting so much money by not hiring somebody to take over some of these tasks for you. Yeah, so important. You know, I've been doing um, some listening to some different podcasts and just things that I've been seeing and observing as people expand their team and expand and change, having to change their systems as their business grows. And one of the things, one of the hiccups and one of the bottlenecks that I have often heard about, um, and I want to try and ensure that this doesn't happen in our business, is that the visionary can have a great idea and think, if we do this, then this is going to, you know, really make an impact. But then we also have to look at it from an operations point of view. Are our current systems working? Does anything need to, to fix, be fixed or strengthened? You know, what else do we need from that view? And so when you're looking to hire, and it sounds like Adriana is someone that's able to do that for you, be able to look at, okay, well, we if, if this is what Rachel wants to do, we need to look at this because otherwise it's going to impact customer service because our program is not going to deliver. We need. So all of these different things. So it sounds as like a hire that you really do need is someone who is kind of the technical operations kind of person. Yeah. What have you found in your business? Yeah. Ariana has been incredible. Um, so having someone that does more operations, like a, I'm, we call her an OBM, like an online business manager, but she definitely takes over a lot of the operations. She has people reporting her. She's the one that's kind of like, I have the vision and I create the vision and then she delegates things to me if there's anything that I need to do. And she's the one that's looking at, okay, who do we need for this role? What are the job descriptions? She's hiring them. So having someone having an Ariana would be definitely helpful. Yeah. And I think for, you know, we, we have heard of the VAs and I've had VAs that have been OBMs, but you want someone who has the ability to, to also contribute from a visionary from that leadership perspective, I think yes. too, because we can come up with lots of ideas, but it's kind of like, and they, you know, they sound great um, to us, but it, then our team members are going, hang on a minute, before we do this, we need to do this and this. And so it's good to be able to have someone as a soundboard like that too, I would imagine. Someone who has good leadership skills that, and she creates a lot of the systems for us too. So basically every, like she makes sure we have all of our operations in place and everything like that. Um, They're more expensive for sure, but like she literally worked in gold. hundred percent. She only worked 20 hours a month for us up until this year. And I now doubled her hours to 40 and she got like, she's so efficient, got so much done. So if you can find the right person, she's not even full time yet. Right. Um, Mm. Like, 100% 100% worth it. <laughs> so you can imagine if you play this out, you know, you're expanding your team, you're expanding the number of clients that you work with because you've got to think, you've got to have the right team and the right systems in place to be able to provide the high quality service um, so that your clients can get the best outcome. And so the more team members that you have as a visionary, then you either you do that yourself or you need someone to be more of a project manager to oversee. Do you need, and otherwise you have all of these team members and there's no one kind of bringing that together. That requires, I think, a whole other different skill skill set too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. because what was happening is everyone was reporting to me. And yeah. so imagine I have customer service, I have social media, I have our Activate coaches, I have like everyone's reporting to me and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> it's too many people, it's too much. And so that's when we switched Ariana to be an OBM and then we created an org chart and we're like, okay, who's reporting to Rachel? Who's reporting to Ariana? And then we could clearly see all those roles and they were clearly defined. 
that yes. makes a big difference. Yeah, <laughs> love that. And all of this happens all at the same time, doesn't it? It kind of, well, this happened. We don't want that to be a bottleneck. Let's create a system or tweak the system that we're currently uh, using. Otherwise, um, yeah, it can continue to be fires that yep. you put out. And that's one of the things that I think will take your attention away from doing what you do best, isn't it? Yeah. Um, having to put out that fire. And if you've got someone on your team to be able to do that, um, so that's a note to note to, to you guys who maybe are thinking we need an Adriana on our team. Huh, huh. Uh, and, and I think hiring team, that's that's just something at the moment we're in the process of, of uh, appointment setters as well. Okay. And I remember listening to an interview, a podcast interview last week, and they said, we went through hundreds of people. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. But it is, isn't it? Are you always looking for the right team member? And um, that's just part of the process. And when you've got the right team member, make sure you look after them because they Treat are. them so well. Yeah. Like, we have some people on our team. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I'm, like, sending them spa gift cards and, like, other, like, other things. I'm just like, I love you. Don't ever leave me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your team, your asset, your team, you are your greatest asset in your business and your team is the greatest asset in your business because um, if you remove them and had to do everything yourself again, you probably couldn't. You'd probably, how do I do this? Because it's set up so well, you don't have to manage that. Rachel, I've loved today's conversation. Share a little bit more about how people can get in contact with you. Share the name of your podcast again. Uh, all those details if they want to reach out to find out more. Yeah. So she's making an impact pretty much everywhere. So it's a, she's making an impact podcast. She's making an impact on Instagram. Um, the she's making an impact Facebook group. We do a lot of stuff in there. So if you just go on Facebook and search for she's making an impact, you can jump in there. Um, and then if you want to jump into Pinterest and learn some of that stuff, you can just go to freepinclass.com and join our next live training. Terrific. Thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for uh, breaking your rules a little bit around boundaries. I'm so glad that you did, thrilled that you did. And uh, yeah, please reach out to Rachel on all of those different channels. Look for She's Making an Impact and you'll be able to find her. Thanks once again, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why? I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace. And you've positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.